This is Hacker Public Radio episode, 3474 Friday, the 19th of November 2021. Today's show is entitled, External Commands and Emergency Boot Disk, and is part of the series DOS. It is hosted by Ayuka, and is about 17 minutes long, and carries a clean flag. The summary is, more on DOS this time it is External Commands and Emergency Boot Disk. This episode of HPR is brought to you by Archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. This is Ahuka, welcoming you to Hacker Public Radio and another exciting episode in our DOS series. Um, at the last episode, we took a look at the internal commands of DOS. These are the commands that are contained within commands.com and are loaded during the boot sequence. Because of this, a certain amount of the limited DOS memory is committed to holding internal commands. Obviously, some commands do not need to be loaded into memory every time you boot because they are used infrequently or possibly because they are large and take up a lot of space. Now, these commands are stored as separate files in your C colon backslash DOS directory. or That's usually the place, assuming you have a hard drive. My, uh, my first XT computer was a twin floppy configuration. Uh, at, you know, again, C colon backslash DOS is the normal default during installation. It's possible to specify a different directory, but I'm going to assume defaults. So let's take a look. What are these external commands? Append, assign, attrib, that sets the attributes of the file. Backup, check disk, command, comp, double space, Debug, defrag, del old DOS, del tree, discomp, discopy, DOS key, DOS shell, edit, emm386, xe to bin, expand, fast help, fast open, fc, fdisk, find, format, graftable, Graphics, help, HIMEM, interlink, interserver, join, key B, label, mem, mem maker, mirror, mode, more, msave, ms backup, mscdx, mscdex, msd. NLS funk, power, print, replace, restore, scan disk, select, server, share, 
sort, sub, st, sis, tree, undelete, unformat, vsafe, xcopy. That's quite a lot of them. Um, again, if you go to the uh, web page, link in the show notes, they're all there. Um, and there's probably plenty of documentation on the web about all of this stuff anyway. Now, please note that you might not find all of these files on every computer. This will depend on things like which version of DOS you have installed. In some cases, Microsoft replaced one file with a different file in later versions. Uh, an example of this is the check disk, CHKDSK. This name survives in Windows NT, but in DOS and later Windows, this program or applet was replaced by the later scan disk. So look at this as a list of some of the files you might find on your computer. You may have some that are not on this list as well. Also, note that other programs will sometimes install files in the DOS directory. In particular, Windows 3, 3.x, really, installed many of its files in this directory and sometimes updated the versions that DOS originally installed. This can complicate the discussion a bit but the basic files and how they operate is still going to follow the outline we will discuss. Now, interesting little side note on, um, you know, what's DOS and what's Windows. Even with Windows 95, I remember that some of the internals referred to it as a version of DOS. And I remember some very interesting discussions about, you know, is this just relabeled DOS? Um <clears throat> And, you know, it's all old by now, but it was fun at the time. One file that is very important and is not a DOS command is the included copy of BASIC. Now, in earlier versions of DOS, this was called GWBASIC. In later versions, QBASIC. Now, one of the important external commands, edit, is actually a BASIC program and will not run unless BASIC is present. This is important to remember if you're preparing an emergency boot disk for DOS. And we'll get to that in just a moment. Now, extensions help in associated files. External commands are files, and as such they have file extensions. Generally, they will be either .exe or .com. A exe file is what's called an executable file. This is a file that is compiled to run as a program. Uh, to this day, any Windows program is run from a .exe file. The other type, a .com, is the original .com. This refers to a command file. A few of these files will be .sys, .sys, which are system files such as the io.sys and msdos.sys files we discussed in Lesson 2. Another file type is the .ovl file, which means overlay. This file type is found with backup programs, particularly. Now, often these external files will come with help files as well. Help files have the extension .hlp. 
If you have a dual boot system with both DOS and Windows, and in the day I actually did have a lot of dual boot systems, you can open these .hlp files using Windows built-in help file viewer. Now, emergency boot disk. This is an important concept uh, if you're going to be working with these old computers. One of the things that anyone learning about DOS or about computers in general ought to have in their arsenal is the DOS emergency boot disk. Let's assume you have DOS installed already on your C drive and you can boot into DOS. How do you create an emergency boot disk? Well, you take a blank floppy disk, put it in your A drive, and this is a good place to just stop for a minute, you know, A, B, C. You know, why is the hard drive the C drive? And these days that is something that confuses a lot of people in the Windows world. Why does it start with C? Because the oldest computers, like my first XT, came with two floppy drives. And the floppy drives were A and B. Uh, you can't even buy a computer with a floppy drive these days. And, and I wouldn't want one in any event. They're, they're, they're pretty much useless. Um, you know, anything you would do with a floppy, you would do these days with either a, a CD or a USB thumb drive or whatever. Uh, but because the A and B were already assigned for floppy drives, when hard drives were first added to computers, the next letter was C. And so if you're ever wondering why Windows insists that the your hard drive is the C drive. That's why. So, anyway, you place your floppy disk in your A drive, and at the C colon backslash command prompt, use the command format A colon space slash S. Now, this command has three parts. First, it uses the external command format. Uh, obviously, that's not something you'd be doing constantly, so that's why it's an external command. You don't want it loaded in memory all the time. Second, it applies this command to the A colon, or floppy drive. Now, the last part is called a switch in DOS terminology, the slash S. Many DOS commands have switches available to modify the command in some way. In this case, the slash s switch tells it to place the system files on the disk. Recall from lesson two that this means that the hidden system files iosys and ms-dossys will be placed very specifically in the first sectors of the disk. Also, command.com will be placed in the root directory of the disk. This is enough to boot the computer. Now, you may wish to add a config.sys and autoexecbat on the disk as well. You can copy these from your hard drive if you wish using the commands copy c colon backslash config.sys space a colon. And then the other would be copy c colon backslash autoexec.bat space a colon. Now, you can modify those files later using the edit command to invoke the DOS file editor as long as you've also got basic. <laughs> Remember, edit is a basic command. Um, now, if it's an emergency boot disk, 
editing files sounds like something you just might want to do. Um, so that suggests to me you're going to want to do some of this stuff, right? So at this point, you should test your boot disk by turning off the computer if you're in DOS. And, you know, in DOS, you didn't have to go through a complicated shutdown process. You just cut the power. <laughs> um, and you place the boot disk in the A drive, floppy disk drive, and turn on the power. If all goes well, you'll boot in the disk. You'll, you'll, you'll boot into DOS. Although you'll probably be asked to enter the date and time when you boot. Now, if you boot to the C colon backslash prompt, this means the computer never even looked at the boot disk. And this is set in the BIOS. Go into your BIOS, look for the setting for boot order or seek order, and change it from something like C comma A to A comma C. Reboot with your floppy disk in the A drive and see if your boot disk works properly. Now, once you know you have a good boot disk, you should add a few things. All of the internal commands are available to you because you have command.com on your disk. But you should also add some critical external commands. Attrib. Now, attrib is the command that lets you set the file attributes on files. So you can make them hidden or display them or read only. I mean, there are a number of attributes, and we'll cover those some other point. Uh, check disk or scan disk. Now, check disk is C-H-K-D-S-K. Um, remember that in DOS, we did not have long file names. Everything was 8.3. So you could have eight letters at the beginning and then a three-letter extension, and that was it. There was no room for anything else. Um, <clears throat> so a lot of these DOS commands are a little bit cryptic looking. Uh, now, for later versions, you might have scan disk instead of check disk. Uh, you might want to add the edit so that you can edit files, but remember this will only work if you add either GWBasic or QBasic, depending on which version of DOS you're working with. FDisk. Um, format. Um, undelete. Unformat. You know, they, these are things that are they're pretty handy. Um, now, undelete uh, is nice. You know, if, if you want to recover files, it can get a little bit tricky. Um, basically, in the DOS world, um, files were not deleted so much as the pointer to them in the file allocation table was zeroed out. Um, so that they would they would just get rewritten over at some point, um, and what they did is they would just they would remove the first character of the file name. <laughs> that was enough to make it disappear. Now, if you've used uh, disk compression, and again that was something we did because space was at a premium. You know, uh, the first hard I mean, the floppy disks. The first ones that I had on my XT were 320K, uh, and those were the big five and a quarter inch floppy disks. Well, 320K is not a lot of space. Uh, later on, uh, I got the um, 1.4 uh, megabyte ones. Those are the three and a half floppy disks with the plastic case. 
the hard plastic case, which confused people. Why is it floppy when it's hard? Well, you know, inside was a floppy Mylar disk. Um, the first hard drive that I had on my DOS computer was 20 megabytes. And I remember thinking, oh, I'll never fill this. <laughs> These days, I'm giving away some two terabyte drives because they're too small for me to bother with. It just shows how things change. But, you know, in the day, we used disk compression a lot. Um, and rather than use disk compression these days, I just buy bigger hard drives. Um, so, uh, I'm not going to get into disk compression in this. I don't think anyone does it anymore. Um, if you have a desperate need, you can look it up online. But the external commands listed above are critical for solving possible software problems with your computer. Um, I, I recommend anyone following this series, you know, create such a boot disk if you have a floppy drive. If not, just file us away for reference. That's a tool that a computer expert might have handy. Uh, you know, back when I was in the IT department at the university, um, and I was training students to run the help desk and everything, we, you know, this is one of the things we did was to create an emergency boot disk. And um, I had a uh, portfolio I carried around with me that that had a number of disks in it for various reasons, including some floppy emergency boot disks that I would carry with me in my organizer um, so that I'd have them with me at all times. So that's enough on that for today. This is a hookah for Hacker Public Radio signing off. And as always, encouraging you to support free software. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.